0: Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Gilmore Ball Z, the podcast where I show my wife Dragon Ball Z, she shows me Gilmore Girls, and we try to find some kind of common ground. I'm Grant. And I'm Paige. And this week we watched Episode 76 of Dragon Ball Z Kai, and Season 4, Episode 1 of Gilmore Girls. So, Paige, what happened this week on Dragon Ball Z Kai?
1: You know, a lot, actually. Um, As we left off last week, Tien was attacking... Cell to try to to try to give sixteen and eighteen enough time to escape, and that's actually going pretty well. Uh, we're told that he's not doing any damage to Cell, but Cell looks like he's actually struggling and he's being pinned down by these attacks. It actually looks like more damage than moves we're told in the show, like canonically, do a lot of damage. Like this is the first time I believe damage was almost being done, and I'm told canonically it is doing no damage whatever. <laughs> it's
0: like in a video game when there's like a fan and it pushes you back and it doesn't actually deal any damage to you. It just pushes you back.
1: Right, sure. He's
0: just like shoving Cell really hard but he's not actually hurting him.
1: Sure. Okay. That doesn't do any damage getting barreled into the- Fine. Fine. Sure. Um, Tien is completely wiped out by these attacks. He isn't really hit by Cell as far as I can tell but he's putting all of his energy into these attacks and he's almost dead. Uh, Piccolo dying and his son being traumatized, Goku wasn't really moved by, but Tien almost dying now, now Goku cares. Oh,
0: well, hold on. We saw that Goku was very bothered by Piccolo dying in a couple episodes ago. He
1: was bothered, but not bothered enough to leave. That's true. Uh, this time he is bothered enough to leave. Uh, he goes, brings some senzu beans with him, pops, him you know, pops one to Tien, so he's back up and running, And then also pops one to Piccolo, who is apparently still alive somehow. Sure. Yeah, I well, guess. This is a running
0: trend for Piccolo. Yeah,
1: he just keeps almost dying. Cuz the
0: same thing happened in the fight with Frieza. And the
1: same thing happened in I want to say Cooler's Revenge. Yeah,
0: the same thing happened in Cooler's Revenge. This is just a a, a running trend. This is like a, a, almost like a running gag with Piccolo is that he keeps almost dying, but he's just unkillable. Well, he he he's a tank and he holds on to that last thread of life for a really long time.
1: And I feel like I remember that his life force was gone at some point, but maybe I'm misremembering and so I have a question about that later. Um I almost asked it now and then I remembered Do we have a we have a whole
0: segment, segment for that
1: because sure. Um so he pops down and he sends some sunzu beans and this is the first time Goku and Cell have actually seen each other. Like Cell has been here for a while, Goku has been back for a while, but they've never actually squared off because Goku was sick for so long. So they take the time to say hello. <laughs> Uh, Cell is apparently mystified by instant transmission. He doesn't know what this is and he hasn't seen it. He figures out that this might be a move Goku has, but he does not have it, even though he has most of Goku's moveset. Um, Goku basically says, okay, I'm popping in. I'm saying hi. I'm grabbing my friends. I'll come back and fight you tomorrow. Can we play tomorrow? And Cell thinks this is ridiculous, what, you know, if you're not powerful enough today, and Goku even says, I'm not powerful enough today. If you're not powerful enough today, why will you be powerful enough tomorrow? And Goku says, see you later, grabs some senzu beans, and, like, gives them to his friends, and they're all chilling up in the watchtower. Krillin meets up with Bulma in the air, and Bulma gives him the remote control, which she says she can shut off the androids from up to 30 feet away. Krillin is not a big fan of this because that means getting within 30 feet of the androids without getting to smooch Android 18, which is apparently what he wants now. Um, or he's conflicted about wanting.
0: 30 feet is bad because it's not close enough to, to make out with Android 18, but it's also not far away enough to not get murdered by Android 18. It's true.
1: It's a difficult distance. It is the
0: worst case scenario in terms of distance between Krillin and Android 18 right now.
1: yeah. So, up in the watchtower, Goku gives everybody some senzu beans. Bulma also gives everybody new outfits. Da-da-da. There will be a DBZ fashion corner later. Um, And Vegeta and Trunks finally come out. Vegeta looks exactly the same. Of the
0: hyperbolic time chamber.
1: Vegeta and Trunks <laughs> finally come out of the hyperbolic time chamber. Vegeta is exactly the same. His hair has not changed because he is a pure Saiyan and his hair does not change. Which is news to goku um who has <laughs> never thought about the fact he never had to like brush his hair comb it no, cut i've never
0: had a haircut i guess that is true
1: yeah meanwhile uh trunks hair has grown he's a little taller he's got a ponytail now uh i understand where your hair in high school and college came from a little better even more than when i saw tommy and power rangers i i see your aesthetic
0: yeah that really is yeah it was it was tommy oliver and future trunks
1: his hair isn't that long now. It's a normal... Yeah,
0: now I have a, I have well, a more traditional...
1: Traditional, yeah. I mean, yeah, I
0: know. I've got short hair now. But cut. For, for many years, I had a ponytail.
1: It was long, guys. It was real long. It was bad. Oh, I love you. It was good. It was long. It was
0: long, yeah, but I don't know.
1: It was fine. I mean, it hey, wasn't hey, greasy. You, you, you dated me. I did, but it's one of the reasons I didn't date you for a while. <laughs> I love you no matter what your head looks like. Okay, um, yeah, they put on their new armor, um, and grabbed some senzu beans. I think that might be... Well, you oh, cell yes. Back to Cell. Back to Cell. Back to Cell, back to Cell. Cell, uh, is now looking for Android 18. She's flown away. She has no energy signature, as we've said before, and she's hiding nearby. He's figured out that he would have seen them in the air if they were flying away. So he's decided that the logical thing to do in this situation is to start destroying islands. I am not saying that Cell was meant to be a metaphor for toxic masculinity here, but it maps pretty closely. He yells at 18 until she pays attention to him. Uh, He says he doesn't need her, but is still yelling for her to come out. And, uh, if I cannot have you, I will destroy you is an exact line, And then he starts blaming her for the damage he's causing in her name. It's, it, it tracks.
0: Yeah, he legitimately, he nukes an island that like seems to be a major population center. Like there is a legit city (laughs) with skyscrapers.
1: And then tells her this wouldn't have happened if you had come out. Like this is, I'm not saying they're an abusive relationship and I do not want to make light of that, but it, it's, it's, It 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 tracks,
0: it tracks. No, there are some parallels to be drawn there.
1: They're not in a toxic, like, toxic relationship, but he is showing the tendencies of someone in a toxic relationship.
0: Yeah, no, Cell is, Cell is definitely, uh... The uh, problem. He's the problem right now. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely not all men, but definitely this fucking guy right now.
1: (laughs) So that's what happened this week on Dragon Ball. Last time we saw, he was destroying cities. Yep. And 16 was thankfully there to tell 18, don't come out, that's what he wants. What happened this week on Gilmore Girls? Because I feel like it was a lot.
0: It was a lot and also not a lot Which all at once. Which is the Gilmore Girls way. It is kind of the Gilmore Girls way. So over over our our season break, we uh, we don't get to see our Gilmore Girls taking their trip through Europe. Because so
1: that would cost too much. That would cost
0: too much. Although I would love to get at least like an episode of them shooting on location in some city and getting to see them try to do another culture, but whatever. Uh, so we open with them returning from their big European vacation. And they've gotten gifts for everybody and there's a week between now and when uh rory has to go to yale and so they have every single minute of this week planned where they're gonna go and get all the stuff she needs for school and they're gonna hand out the presents they got for everybody and they're gonna watch the godfather all three of them including as many rewatches of Sophia dying as they want and eat biscotti and they're just gonna have a great big girls week because it's the last time that you know they're gonna be able to just do this before she has to go off to college
1: yeah, and, and they're doing this while jet lagged from Europe.
0: Yeah, and yeah, they're doing this while fighting their European jet lag, which, yeah, more on that later. Um, So we kind of just get a lot of little stories going on for most of the episode. Uh, Taylor has opened his new candy shop, and he tore down a wall and replaced it with a window that goes directly into Luke's diner so they can see each other from their places of work now, and Luke does not like this. And he also decided that Rory is the ice cream queen yeah. and put out flyers with her face on it and like invited her to be master of ceremonies for the grand opening event and did all of this without asking her. Mm -hmm. And so she says, she says, Taylor, I can't, I'm busy getting ready for college. And he takes an attitude about it that, Oh, I knew just as soon as you moved, started going to Yale, you'd be too good for us. And, I just assumed that since you do all this other stuff, you'd want to help, but I guess you don't actually care about the town. And, And like,
1: she pushes back very politely, and Rory Gilmore is not good at saying no, but this is, like, firm but polite. She did a good thing. No,
0: she she handles the situation the right way, but it really does kind of strike a nerve for her where she's worried that she's going to change and that she is going to become too good for the town now that she's going to Yale and that the whole Ivy League thing is going to get to her. And as we know, obviously, Rory Gilmore is never going to become an uppity-privileged white girl. No. That's not in her future at all.
1: No. Of
0: course Um, not. No, totally. Um,
1: It's a dark portent of things to come.
0: It's true. So, we see, like, that's like a weird through line through the episode, where, like, kids on the street are saying, like, go back to Yale or whatever.
1: Yeah. Which
0: was weird. And so then, at the end of the episode, or near the end of the episode, uh we see that Taylor is, like, giving his grand opening address and is basically, like, guilting Rory during his address. She storms onto the stage and is like, yeah, the reason mm-hmm. I'm not here is because he didn't ask me. He just told me he was doing it and, like, announced it without a- getting my permission. I'm still going to be here for all the other stuff. Y'all suck. And and storms off. And a couple people clap. And that's kind of that. That was yep. a weird subplot. Yep. Um. Also, Suki's having a boy.
1: Yep. But Jackson does not want to know. But Jackson does
0: not want to know, and neither does Rory. So that was a thing. Um, Also, also, Suki tells Lorelai Luke is acting weird because he went on that cruise with Nicole, and when Suki tried to ask about it, he got really weird. And so then later Lorelai tries to ask Luke about it, and he similarly just changes the subject, won't won't talk about it, won't talk about it, won't talk about it, won't talk about it. And finally she corners him at one point and is like, look, what happened? And he says, I proposed. And she goes, oh, wow, you proposed. He says, wait, there's more. We got married. Because they were all swept up in it and they talked to the ship captain and he married them. He also says, we're getting divorced. So, like, they were there and they were surrounded by couples in love and they got swept up in it and he proposed and they got married right there and then somewhere along the way they realized it was a mistake and now they're getting divorced. Yep. And so there's there's, um, there's a blank left there, but the audience can pretty easily fill in that it involves Lorelai. Uh, my guess is just that they had a conversation and he was like, look, I'm in love with Lorelai. Um, but Although, we'll see.
1: tracking with his past girlfriends, it usually goes, you're in love with Lorelei. What? No.
0: That's also a distinct possibility. Um, but anyway, so that happened with Luke. Cool. That was that plot. So the big drama point of the episode is that Rory realizes she wrote the date down wrong in her planner, and orientation at Yale is not next week. It is on Saturday this week. Yeah. So they have, like, two days to get everything done. And so Lorelai's trying to tell her, like, look, we can skip Friday night dinner just this once. You know, my mother will understand. And Rory says, no, part of the reason I can go to Yale is that I agreed to do this, I need to do this. I cannot back out the first time it comes up.
1: Well, and partially Lorelai is not telling her you need to back out because we have errands. She's saying you need to back out so we can preserve the fact that we're going to watch The Godfather. Yeah. So it is is choosing doing something with her mom, not choosing errands that need to be done.
0: Yeah. So like, so Roy's like, look, I made the deal. You didn't. I will go to Friday night dinner. You wrap up some of these last few errands. I'll get back as quickly as we can. We can at least watch some godfather. It'll be good. Yeah. And so they they get there, and or well, Rory gets there, and Emily is being her usual passive-aggressive Emily self, but like, oh, your mother couldn't make it. Oh, she had errands, Richard. Did you hear that? She had errands that were oh so important. And she's basically holding Rory hostage. Mm-hmm. She stretches dinner out to be as long as possible. She doesn't even put dessert in until they're done eating dinner, and then she's like, oh, I have ballroom dance competition tapes dating back to the 70s. Let's sit down and watch them. Yeah. And so they're there for hours. Richard goes to bed, and Rory and Emily are still sitting there watching. And so Rory finally, like, sneaks away and calls Lorelai and is like, you need to help, I'm trapped. And so Lorelai shows up and is like, hey guys, what's going on? And Emily gets Lorelei alone and is like, why are you here? You obviously don't want to spend time with me. You're here to retrieve your daughter. She can ask to leave when she wants to leave. And Lorelai tries to tell her, like, Mom, you're holding her hostage. She's been here for hours, and we have things we need to do. She needs to go to Yale tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Emily's just like, well, I should be able to spend the last night before we go to Yale with, with my granddaughter. This is our time. Mm-hmm. And they get in a big fight about it. And Lorelai kind of, like, magically, suddenly the fact that she's jet-lagged matters to the story, and Lorelai just kind of starts cracking, and...
1: And not just jet-lagged, like, she's been running around since she got back from Europe.
0: Yeah, and so she just breaks out laughing over the fact that Richard is asleep, and they're still watching the videos, and then Rory comes in, and they both start laughing, and Emily's like, what is going on? And so then the episode ends with... Rory and Lorelai sitting on the couch watching these ballroom dance videos doing their usual Gilmore Girls thing where they're riffing on what they're watching and eating biscotti and Emily's passed out on the on like the sofa chair
1: and it is kind of important to mention that Richard seems even more into his work and disconnected than to Emily than usual like he's not joining in on riffing like ragging on Lorelei. he's not he's not a part of this plan to keep no, you, you do.
0: There are a couple reaction shots of him just being like, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, for the love of God, Emily. Yeah. And he's just letting her go, because he's learned by now that the best thing with Emily is to just let her go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's basically what happened this week on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that was basically it. Yeah. So what did you think of this week's Dragon Ball Z Kai?
1: You know, I was good with it. Um, I think... There were still some things that ruffled me. Um, You were ruffled? My feathers were ruffled. I, I didn't like them specifically saying Tien's attacks weren't doing any damage. I think if they had phrased it a little differently, maybe translated it a little differently, it would have been clear that maybe he was intending to not do damage and just push back. And they were kind of hinting at that, but I would have liked a little more to say he's being clever. He's not just ineffective Mm -hmm. Um, like he obviously knew what he was doing but I didn't like them specifically like it would have been stronger and that point would have been stronger if they didn't call out that he wasn't doing damage Mm -hmm. um I still have a lot of questions about the fighters choices um and I'll get into those in the fashion corner weirdly um but I thought that some interesting stuff happened this week I really liked Cell's characterization here as much as I was making fun of it because the other thing we get is that he's a sad man who has no one to talk to and just talks to himself about his evil plans. And It's true. It's, it's so sad, guys. Like, he is the sad parallel to Android 16 if Android 16 was more evil and didn't have friends. Like, they're just sad boys. Who
0: want to kill Goku. I never thought about it that way, but it's true. <laughs> They're sad science boys who want to kill Goku.
1: And have no other purpose in their life but killing Goku. But Sixteen makes new purposes for himself in making friends with birds and building his own family. And Cell has made a new purpose for himself by absorbing his family.
0: And by just wanting to destroy everything.
1: By absorbing his family. Like, he... Sixteen has looked outward and Cell has looked inward, where he's trying to perfect himself and grow into his image of himself, uh, as masks would say. And it actually is like, I mean, we can cut this, but it is actually like Masks, where the question is- sixteen's
0: growing closer to the team. And, 16's
1: growing closer to the team, and Cell is growing into the image of himself. And
0: Vegeta's growing away from the team.
1: Exactly. Um. So, yeah, meanwhile, I, I have some questions about Vegeta. The boy's making, the boy, like, you know when Emily doubles down and gets to be more Emily and you don't quite believe it? Mm-hmm. Vegeta is doubling down to get to be more Vegeta and I don't believe it especially because training with his own son for a year straight didn't seem to bond them at all.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a major weakness of this story arc and there's a moment later in this this story arc that is really really good but feels a little weird in context of the fact that they spent a year together. Well, And I he does not seem to have warmed up to his son at all.
1: And not only hasn't he warmed up to his son, but we know he can warm up to his, like, the people he's working with. Because even if he was definitely the ruler in the situation, he seemed to have some sort of closeness with with Napa. So I don't know about that. More closeness than he's treating Trunks with. It's not a high bar, but it is slightly higher.
0: He kind of treated Napa like a nuisance, and then the instant Napa became not a viable fighter, he murdered him.
1: He did murder Nappa, but he seemed, like, he seemed to know that they worked better together than apart.
0: It was definitely a superior-subordinate relationship.
1: Right, but he has no sort of relationship with someone who's not only his son. Like, I I know that might not matter to Vegeta, because depending on where you are in the timeline, like, Saiyans don't really raise their own children. Um, But... At the very least, he seems to have respect for fighters based on their ability. And Trunks has a very high level of ability.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and also just he's a fellow Saiyan, even if he's a half-breed.
1: Well, and the thing is, we also don't seem to get the idea that this, you know, resignation he has towards Trunks comes from the fact that he's a half-breed who came out of a regrettable one-night stand. That would be an interesting element. That would be an interesting take on the character. But no, it is just, I am still Vegeta. I am still Gruff. Mrah. And that is the only characterization we're getting here, and I don't like that. But, I liked the rest of the episode.
0: Okay. Um, I do think actually one important point to mention is that when he comes out of the chamber, Vegeta specifically says that he has surpassed Super Saiyan.
1: He has surpassed Super Saiyan, he surpassed Super Saiyan a couple months in, and he kept training after that.
0: Yeah, he he tells Goku, I've surpassed Super Saiyan, Kakarot, eat a dick. So So I think that's an important thing to mention.
1: But we should stop for a DBZ fashion corner.
0: Okay, talk about the DBZ fashion corner. So we
1: have a couple of instances this week of a DBZ fashion corner. Um, The first one is Bulma bringing these new outfits for the Saiyan fighters. She brings them, she built them. Vegeta asked for them, but does not seem very grateful because of Vegeta. Uh, But they are... Based off of Saiyan technology, they look like Saiyan soldier uniforms from the Frieza army.
0: Yeah, it's basically the same outfit that Vegeta was wearing during the Frieza arc.
1: Right. And she doesn't specify what they are, but she says they have some upgrades that'll be really useful. Goku says they're more lightweight than they look, even though they're metal, uh, which is going to be useful when they're fighting full force instead of using weighted training gear. Like, the weighted training gear is off. But Piccolo and Tien don't want them. Um... Piccolo specifically says, I don't want Saiyan technology, which is some weird racist, like, speciesism from Piccolo that doesn't, hasn't really popped up before in Kai, and it's just here now. Um, I mean, I guess a Saiyan murdered his people, but he doesn't really care about And that. him. Yeah, but like- Piccolo and
0: Tien are both in the We Got Killed by a Saiyan club.
1: Oh, who cares? They've been best friends with, like, I mean, Tien's been best friends with a Saiyan for a long time. I mean, except Chaozu, and I still say that they're together. Um, but he's been good friends with a Saiyan for a long time. And Piccolo has been training with a Saiyan for years. Like, I, I don't yeah, care. The- I mean, he's not a Saiyan from the Saiyan The culture. Saiyan
0: Empire. Like, they, they-, they don't want to wear the Saiyan Empire.
1: I don't care. Like, Tien's argument is, I don't want to wear what Vegeta is wearing. Like, Tien would literally rather be caught dead than to, like be caught wearing the same outfit as Vegeta at their punching party. Like this is a stupid short sighted angry making thing. Um, but there was also some weird background fashion in this episode. There was a lot of weird background. There was fashion a lot of weird background. Like because I was rewinding to get cells full speech there. Uh, we saw a couple of weird things. One, there was an old man in a cowboy hat and a vest and no shirt underneath.
0: And he was ripped.
1: Yeah, no, he had the 12 pack. It was very YMCA, but like plus 40 years. Mm -hmm. It was a weird, it was a weird look. Um, but also, the weirder one is there was a man in the background who was standing next to a guy with Goku hair. I mean, He did have
0: kind of Goku-ish hair. He had
1: Goku-ish hair. He had black, spiky hair. Yeah, and he
0: was wearing a t-shirt that just said, The Super Saiyan on it.
1: Yeah, just The Super Saiyan. I don't know when that shirt was produced, yeah. who made it... Is the Super Saiyan now, like, a cool brand in had, like, Dragon Goku, Ball?
0: There has not been a Super Saiyan who's been caught on TV. No. That has not happened yet. That no. will happen later in this arc. Yeah. Is that, like, although the Z Fighters and everything are going to be on TV again later in this arc, and they're going to become, like, kind of public figures afterwards. And so then it would make sense, like, in later arcs to have the Super Saiyan, but right now, the general public does not know about Super Saiyans.
1: Well, and that makes me wonder if they've cut this footage from elsewhere. I don't think so. I mean, because I would assume they're animating as they go, but... Uh, like maybe in a Kairi cup they needed people looking up at the sky and wondering.
0: I don't, that doesn't sound right. That
1: doesn't sound right. But that Maybe, is the but only, I wouldn't believe it. That is the only explanation I can think of that makes this make sense.
0: I think it was just they weren't thinking about the background people they were drawing.
1: This episode also had a lot of reused animation like uh, Tien hitting cell. Both of them had the same shot used multiple times with different lighting.
0: Although I do want to credit that they did do a lot of really cool stuff with the environment around them. Oh definitely. So that it made it less obvious that they were using the same animation stuff. Yeah, no,
1: that part, like, I'm not actually complaining as much as I did previously because in the past it just felt lazy. Here they were actually doing something interesting and they were using those shots to emphasize the power that Tien was putting into his attacks.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of um, Studio Trigger, uh-huh. A lot of the time, they uh,
1: studio trigger creators of Kill La Kill. Yeah,
0: Kill La Kill.
1: Little Witch Academia. Yeah, Darling
0: in the Franks. Uh, uh, Inferno Cop. Yeah. Um, they they're known for the fact that they do make a lot of their shows on a shoestring budget, but they're really good at making more with less. Mm-hmm. If you actually sit down and watch, like I've been rewatching Kill La Kill recently, and if you actually sit down and watch Kill La Kill, most of the time. There actually isn't a whole lot of animation behind a lot of the fights. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it a lot in very few frames, but they dynamically do things in such a way that you kind of don't notice. Like, oh, actually, the animation quality here actually isn't very good. But they they use a lot of the same principles as, like, comics do to, to make motion appear on the page where... You almost don't notice unless you're really stopping and looking just how little is really being animated in your average episode of Kill a Kill. Yeah. And this reminded me a lot of that, where it wasn't that they were cheaping out, it's that they were doing more with less.
1: Yeah. What did you think of Gilmore Girls this week?
0: I'm not sure how I felt about this week's Gilmore Girls.
1: I agree.
0: Honestly, I'm not sure I liked it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: the episode felt really scattered, and just a lot of little subplots didn't really go anywhere. Mm. Um the luke thing definitely felt like telling instead of showing
1: yeah it like it's a whole bunch of character development happening off screen and it's just out of character enough for him that we need to see why it happened it is it is vegeta getting bulma pregnant
0: it is a lot like vegeta getting bulma pregnant yes um <laughs> And I feel like a lot of people were just acting kind of out of character this week.
1: Emily was a little more intense than she should be. and I Which
0: think- is tracking with the way she's been at the tail end of last season, but I kind of was hoping they'd reset her here and they didn't and she's still just being really cartoonish.
1: Well, and I wish the thread they'd pulled a little harder, which would have made this make more sense, is she never got to like have the last night with Lorelai before Lorelai went to college. Yeah,
0: and like they could have steered into that, but they didn't. It's just like, I'm taking your daughter from you and she's mine and not yours. Yeah which was really frustrating because while a lot of the show has been about whether Rory will go more into Emily and Richard's world or more into Lorelai's world, and that's an interesting dynamic that is central to Rory's character, it's never quite been a fight like this. And it really felt like, I'm we're having a battle for Rory's soul, Lorelai, which just like wasn't... It didn't work.
1: Well, and even with Richard being fed up with her, that makes sense with how Emily is acting, but when Emily is acting that way doesn't make sense. It makes everything around it make less sense.
0: Yeah. So, like, I didn't buy Emily this week, and I didn't buy Taylor this week either. Yeah. Taylor's a weirdo, and Taylor is a busybody, but this week, Taylor was just being an asshole. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I've never just gotten straight-up asshole from Taylor, and this week... He was just being an asshole.
1: No, he was more manipulative than we've ever seen Emily be, no matter how many times they tell us Emily is manipulative.
0: Yeah, like, this was legit just like, I'm going to be a douchebag to this teenage girl because I didn't get my way and I'm going to throw a hissy fit.
1: Well, and the thing is, they could have justified it. They could have really easily had, she said, oh, sure, because she doesn't know how to say no at the beginning of the summer, and then at the end of, end of the, the summer, summer... when
0: so much has changed, yeah. And,
1: well, when so much has changed, but they have less time than they expected to, boom, she has a reason she can't do it. Yeah, I'm it.
0: sorry I can't do it. I got my schedules wrong. I need to be ready to go to college this weekend. I'm sorry I can't. Yeah. That would have made more sense. It, it still wouldn't have quite bought Taylor being as mean as he was, but it would have made a little more sense. But this time, it was just, Taylor was just being an asshole when he was in the wrong from the beginning.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that I... I want to look into which episodes were written and directed by Amy Sherman Palladino. Because this one was. Yeah. And... And it feels
0: weird for the characters to be so off-base when...
1: Well, but the thing is, they're not off-base. They're cranked up. They are all cranked up to 11. The Dementia Town is cranked up to 11. Everyone was
0: very flanderized this episode. And
1: everyone was flanderized. Luke... Like, the drama moved forward without it necessarily making sense. Like, I can... Like... I could believe this is a showrunner who is really good at running her show and doing the broad strokes, but not necessarily writing an individual episode.
0: Maybe. um, Which we know is not the case anymore, because the episodes that she wrote and directed of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel are always excellent. Yeah. But that might be the case for Gilmore Girls. We can go back and look at that. So yeah, I didn't really buy a lot of what was happening in this episode. And it all just felt very scattered and disorganized. And I really wasn't clear on what the emotional through line of the episode was supposed to be.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, everyone was just acting really out of character. I This is not a good foot to start this season on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that this won't be the rest of the season because it's going to be a long ride if it is. Well, um,
1: the interesting thing is it's kind of an in-between episode because next episode we'll also get something that'll feel like a season premiere because Right, because
0: Roy's gonna go to school. Yeah. And we're gonna establish a new status quo there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I... I'm gonna go on the record and say I did not like this episode of Gilmore Girls.
1: Fair. Uh, questions. So I've got some questions.
0: Yeah, give me your questions.
1: How did Bulma not notice that Goku didn't need haircuts?
0: Well, see, we... We have seen that The Z Fighters will go years at a time without seeing each other. Right. It seems like they're like super best friends who spend all the time together. But when you really think about it, the times that we've seen them together, they're together for like a week, maybe a month tops, and then they don't see each other for a year or two. So it would make sense that she would just think like, oh, he just does it when I'm not around. I mean, I don't know. Do you keep tabs on when all your friends get haircuts?
1: I keep tabs on when their hair changed, and Bulma is more in tune with that kind of thing than I am. Like, I
0: guess that's true. She does. She does. She is in tune with that kind of thing.
1: I. She would be that friend who, when your hair is up in a ponytail and you've cut it an inch, she notices. That's true. And the other thing is, they seem like they were closer when they were kids, from what I've heard about Dragon Ball.
0: That's true. They spent a lot of time together back then. So I don't know. She uh... just sort of didn't think about it. But here's the thing, though. She's really focused on that kind of stuff when it comes to herself. Does she pay attention to other people's appearances? She's very into her own appearance, but we've never really seen her care much about what other people look like. Oh,
1: she would notice. Like, if Chi-Chi got a bad haircut, Boma would know.
0: (laughs) She would know. Boma
1: would know. Um, yeah, but we already talked about the guy with the Super Saiyan shirt. My last question is really, why... Why did they put Vegeta in the hyperbolic time chamber first? Because, here's my question. It would make sense if... They tried to put, like, the looser cannon in second. Because Vegeta is going to go immediately down there and fight Cell whether he's ready or not. Mm -hmm. If you put in Goku first, Goku does have the sense to wait for a day. He doesn't have much sense, but he's got a tiny bit of patience. You put Goku in first. You force Vegeta to wait because the door is locked and he can't get in, so screw you, Vegeta. And then... Goku is strong enough to wait one more day, like he has the patience to wait one more day, and then fight when you've got Gohan, Goku, Vegeta, and Trunks, and heck, if you're willing to wait a day more, Piccolo- That's true, throw
0: Piccolo in there. Throw
1: Piccolo in there. You've got them all at full force, so you've got a five-man hit crew on cell, but instead you put in Vegeta first, who's gonna run off by himself with Trunks following, get himself murdered somehow, despite- Despite the fact that if he just waited a day he'd be fine because he's got his Saiyan pride like why did they choose that?
0: That's a hard question we've talked about this a little bit in a previous episode we
1: have but the more I think about it the stupider it gets
0: I think the notion is that Vegeta would not wait a day he would just go down and try to fight Cell now while Goku and Gohan were training and then he would definitely get himself killed. Yeah he would.
1: Yeah he would It's still like he gets killed either way.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how what Vegeta gets himself up to.
1: Oh boy, what that uh,
0: what that boy, what trouble that boy Vegeta gets himself into this time. Oh
1: boy. Okay. Um, do you have any questions? Um, I see at least one on there.
0: Who the fuck is Andrew?
1: Andrew. uh, Ah. Is Andrew. I know he's somebody Yeah when they when, Yeah no I know When
0: Lorelai goes in To To uh, Meet with Kirk And then Kirk is like Hey I saw the souvenir Like Kirk's hurt That they didn't get him a souvenir
1: Yeah It's like
0: hey I'm a, a UD, I saw the whatever That you okay. got Andrew
1: Yeah uh, Andrew runs the bookstore
0: Okay Have we ever seen Andrew? Yes
1: we have He's friends with Jackson
0: Has he ever been mentioned by name? Yes In like one episode I'm
1: pretty sure like, two like, seasons like, ago Yep
0: Okay, who the fuck is Pete?
1: Pete makes the pizza. Pete was the one who made the giant pizza for Lorelai's birthday.
0: Okay, so he's also been in like one episode. Yep.
1: Uh, my question is, you know, like there's a big point made out of the fact that Lorelai forgot Luke, or they didn't get Luke anything and they didn't get Kirk anything. And <sighs> Lorelai is a lot of things, but at least with her staff at the inn, she is thoughtful and she notices everyone. We established that. Yeah. Um, and she's even getting presents for people like Gypsy, who hasn't been a major character, but she fixes up the car like she's been good to Lorelai over the years. Lorelai and Rory do not get a present for Caesar, and this makes me mad.
0: <laughs> Caesar deserves a present?
1: Caesar has been the short order cook in Luke's, the place they eat every day, so really he's probably. He's been the
0: one making all their food. He's
1: been the one making their food while Luke is in the front making coffee and like making nice with the customers. Caesar deserves everything. And Julio. And, well, I mean, who knows where Julio is now?
0: Julio Maybe, deserves a present.
1: They probably got Julio a present also. I off hope screen. they got Julio a present. They got off Julio screen. a very nice present.
0: Okay, good. Um, so actually I kind of want to, this kind of backtracks to what I think of the episode because really it's a rhetorical question that I'm using to complain. Yeah. But another thing that didn't make any sense in this episode is, isn't Lorelai supposed to be jet lagged? But she doesn't act jet lagged the entire episode. Like they don't act jet lagged at all the entire episode until the very end when she breaks out into a giggle fit and then it's like, oh, she's jet lagged now.
1: Um, I think that she's not actually jet lagged. Um, I think we kind of, like, there are words we use for everything. Like, notice how everything is neurotic or, uh, everything. I'm trying to think of another example, but there are times we use words to kind of just be a blanket statement. Or, once again, as evidenced by my episode earlier this season, I don't drink coffee ever. I don't really do caffeine except a can of Dr. Pepper every once in a while. Probably more often than I should. But I will still, when I'm tired and I make a mistake, say, I haven't had my coffee. Jet lagged is an easy catch-all for we just traveled and we are still tired. And so what we have is Lorelei who's been traveling nonstop in Europe and then comes back and realizes she has less time than she thought she did. So she has the emotional punch of not getting what she wants and then has been running nonstop to get Rory's stuff going. She even says in the episode that she stayed up to like, past 4am on three excedrin pms like she is not jet lagged but she is partially that is partially because she has not slept and she is under the influence of excedrin pm i think it's shorter and easier to say jet lagged than so sleep deprived it hurts and the actions kind of match up with so sleep deprived it hurts i don't know about you but when i was last jet lagged i was not giggly i was just dead
0: yeah that's the thing like they didn't But she didn't even act like really tired until that very moment at the very end. They just were like, oh, we're so tired. Let's continue doing what we normally do. And like also, then the question is, how aren't they jet lagged? Because they should be jet lagged. They just came from Europe. They should be dead.
1: They did the, the sleep thing. They like slept overnight and then woke up really early. They, You know, and maybe jet lag does not hit them hard.
0: I don't believe it. Uh, I think those like Jet lag are...
1: hits you hard, it must hit everyone hard? Yes,
0: my experience is universal. Uh, I think that's everything I have for questions. Okay. Do you know who you want to swap this week?
1: You know, mine isn't great. Um, so this week we had Cell acting as a human megaphone. He was all up in your business, whether you wanted him to be or not, and you could hear him across the neighborhood. Like Babette.
0: Oh, <laughs> like Babette.
1: <laughs> this episode opens with Babette, like- when Rory and and Lorelai come in late at night just to drop their bags and then die, Babette pops in yelling that she called the consulate because they came home late and, like, yelling to Maury that they're home and everything's fine and how you doing, sugar, comes in their house, asks to hear all about Europe, makes them some cocoa, and then only leaves when, like, when Lorelai convinces Rory to act more tired than she even is. And then she yells to Mori, I'm coming back, and then goes back. So I'm going to say Cell is the human megaphone, and Babette is the human megaphone. Really? At that point, Lorelai and Rory probably wish they were destroyed by an energy beam. Probably. And Babette would make everyone in town cocoa, and they would probably also wish they had been destroyed by an energy beam. So when Cell comes back, it would be a really nice, nice for a change.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to swap the hyperbolic time chamber with a cruise around wherever they were going.
1: Seven countries.
0: Seven countries. Where
1: which wherever countries? you can hit wherever you can
0: hit seven countries. Europe. But then. But then they would. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so I want I want Vegeta and Trunks going on a nice cruise together because maybe some more family friendly activities would warm Vegeta up to his son. And, as is usually the theme with my swaps, Trunks deserves to go on a cruise. I like how
1: the theme is, Trunks and Gohan need nice things.
0: Trunks and Gohan deserve nice things. I want to see future Trunks have a go on a cruise. Just be like, wait, so in the past you just, like, did this for fun?
1: And then he jumps off the cruise ship, punches a shark for training, and then jumps back up.
0: Oh yeah, they could fight giant crabs for training. Uh, and then I really just want Luke and Nicole to have to go into the hyperbolic time chamber so that, like, by the time they came out, what horrible disrepair would their life be in? They'd be, like, married and divorced three times over and have, like, six kids. It'd be great.
1: I. I don't know if you understand how a human gestation period works. Sextuplets are not that common.
0: Nicole is very fertile.
1: Two sets of triplets.
0: <laughs> Two sets of triplets. No, it would need to be one to the six.
1: Well, I mean, if it was a year, she could still be pregnant. That's true. Anyway.
0: Irish sex, tupl- sex
1: Or, uh, yeah, no, Irish sex sextuplets, Or, you know, quadruplets and twins. Or that. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I believe that is Gilmore Ball Z for this week. So thank you all for listening. We would love to hear from you on our social media. Our Facebook is Gilmore Ball Z. Our Twitter is at Gilmore Ball Z. Our email is Gilmore Ball Z at gmail.com. And our WordPress is Gilmore Ball Z dot WordPress dot com. Please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share us with a friend. Get the word out. And as always, we have our GoFundMe, the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund for Room to Read, which is a charity that provides educational opportunities for children and especially young girls in developing countries. You can check out the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund link on our WordPress to see our current stretch goals. And we're also matching every donation dollar for dollar up to the first $500. So if you're in a giving mood, please consider donating. It really means a lot. Uh, With that, thank you for listening, and we will see you next Saturday. So, what idiotic choice will Vegeta make next? Nobody tell Paige, it's going to make her so mad. Will Rory have better teachers at Yale? And where's the remote control to shut off Babette? Or Taylor? Or Emily? Find out next time on Gilmore Ball Z!